eyes are open to learning from the experience of others. I effortlessly shift my mind away from limiting beliefs. I embrace new opportunities that can make a positive change in my life. So we are at the kitchen table again, and tonight for this episode, we're breaking up the conversation a little bit. We're kind of steering away from business, and we're going to get into another hot topic, which is relationships. And the topic for tonight is how has cliche sayings had an impact on your relationships? And when I say cliche sayings, two that kind of come to mind, and I have my own thoughts about these, but one is the way to a man's heart is his stomach. And I don't know, depending, I don't know if I'm telling my age, but I know that I've, you know, heard that a lot from the elder women in my family. And then another one, I used to say this all the time. I say my grandma, I was proud to say it too. My grandmother says you fall in love or you be with somebody who loves you more than you love them. Now I had no idea, you know, at time, like, you know, what that meant, but it was something that I held on to. And I know how it has impacted relationships that I've had. And I have to say that I've had to disconnect myself from that agreement and from that way of thinking because it didn't serve me well. So I just want both of you ladies to kind of chime in and start the conversation about what are some cliches that you held on to and what impact has it had on your relationships? Well, I can definitely agree with you with the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I heard that so many times growing up and growing up in the house of six children, it was like the war of who could cook and who could not. Like one of our big like running jokes was always like one of our siblings could burn water, like literally. And it kind of trickled over into adulthood because it's kind of like, okay, so if you can't cook, are you not worthy of love? Are you not worthy? Are you not valuable? It's definitely a skill, a trade that can be learned, but some people just don't enjoy it, right? I've always questioned that one now that I'm older, but one that definitely stands out for me is all is fair in love and war. Mm. And I think in growing up, I kind of embodied that in relationships that I stayed in much longer than I ever should have had to. Whether it was emotional abuse, physical abuse, I always thought that all was fair. Like if he loves me, this is because he loves me. He cares so much. He's controlling because he cares so much. And it literally took for me to look at that statement and dissect it and really like understand that no, everything is not fair because I love you and I have to love myself more and set those boundaries and say, this is not okay with me. And if you love me, you won't allow this to happen to me. But that cliche would have made it okay. A question I have, is that something that you had to, in a sense, learn on your own to love yourself? Or did you go back to whoever it was, whether it was a mother, aunt, or whoever it was that you heard it from and have conversation with them about like, hey, this doesn't seem right and it's just not working out well for me. 
I had to like seriously, seriously learn on my own. It really was through my last engagement. I was engaged to who I thought was the love of my life. He was an amazing person, was not an amazing person for me. And I stayed in that situationship. I won't even call it a relationship. I stayed in that situationship so long and just thinking that, you know, all of these things that we're overcoming is making us stronger. It's making me a better person. I'll be a better wife for it. But it was really tearing me apart. Like I was breaking and breaking and breaking. And when I called that engagement off, it was very, very close to the wedding. And after that is when I started doing that kind of self-searching. I kind of came from a family where you don't really ask too many questions. Mm -hmm. It's just what the adults say. So I had to do it for myself. I had to get in therapy. I had to figure out why I was even okay with that statement because I knew it wasn't right for me. I agree with what both of you said with the cliche thoughts, you know, the heart, voice to the man's heart through his stomach, the all spirit, love and war. But what I specifically was thinking about when you ladies were talking is the whole that the man has to take control. Like you expect a man to ask you out on a date or you expect him to initiate intimacy, things of that nature. And as I got older, found out that it doesn't always have to be that way. You know, a man wants to feel just as wanted as a woman wants to feel wanted. And if I ask you out on a date, it shouldn't make me feel or look any certain type of way as a woman if I decide to pay, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is carried on, as you said, from your elder, even through generational curses that previous generations haven't addressed or haven't even tried to look further into to see where the negative sides and it's coming from. And I think a lot about like even with communication within my family and it all ties in together. You know, if you're not talking, if you're not hearing what the other person is saying instead of what you want to hear, then you can never grow. You can never learn and become better. I was engaged to my youngest son, father, and I called off the wedding as well. And we had been together for years, but it took for me to get engaged to him to see that wasn't the place for me, that it wasn't meant for me to be his wife. You know, we have a son, great, thank you for him, you know, but just because you're my son's father doesn't mean I have to subject myself to years of possible sadness and just issues because of our tie. And I dated. After that, but it took me like eight years to start back dating and then dated a guy who was just the worst. I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> but since then, I've been single now for about four or five years. And I just spend that time like kind of pouring into me and really finding out who I am as a person. You know, it's not until you get older and you really realize what you want out of life and the things that can help you grow and the person that you could become to help somebody else grow into being a better person. So that's kind of the stage I'm in right now, soul searching, self-care type thing. So I think all of that, in addition to what you ladies said, plays a role in relationships and cliches. And I think that is like a really good statement that she made just talking about like conflict and everything. Because I think 
people really don't know how to have healthy conflict. Like growing up, I was taught like, if you're having conflict with people, if you're not agreeing, that's a bad thing. If like two couples, if two people weren't always on the same page, that wasn't a relationship that could last. And at the end of the day, we are two separate individuals that we may be working towards the same goal, but conflict is okay. It's just about how you deal with it, how you resolve it. And that's like another cliche, like you have to honor your partner. And like, what does that mean though? Does that mean that I can't still have my own voice of reason, my own thought process? Can I not be myself because the two become one? So that kind of stuck out to me when you said that, because we're not taught how to have healthy conflict, how to respect others' opinions outside of what we think. We're taught just to kind of be strong and stand on what we believe and defend that. And I think that also causes a lot of long-term issues. It does. Yeah. I certainly agree. I heard a sermon by T.D. Jakes a few weeks ago, and it was something that he said that really stood out to me. And I think it's appropriate for this conversation. He said that our parents taught us how to survive and not Mm. how to succeed. And they taught us from a place, not saying that they, in a sense, did anything wrong. They taught what they felt like we needed to know. Maybe it was something that they had to deal with. And I'll be darned that my kids are going to have to, you know, deal with this which we may have said to our own children as well. Like, I don't want you to have to deal with X, Y, Z. So I'm going to prepare you. So I'm going to train you and I'm going to tell you how to do all of these things. Well, that might be training them for what we had to deal with, or maybe what it took us a long time to get over. But are we really teaching and giving them information that is going to help them succeed? Or are we just saying, I just want you to be able to survive? What took me a long time to kind of get through. And so as I hear, you know, each of us talking about these different cliches and where they may have came from, that just kind of came up like, yeah, we were really just kind of taught like, okay, well, how do you keep a man? Like, how do you get a man? How do you keep a man? And oftentimes what I find also is that it seems, and I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Maybe I do. I don't know. But it seems as the woman is the one that's bending and flexible and kind of doing the fixing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I found myself doing. And even sometimes I have to tell myself now, right? It's a much shorter time frame now than it used to be, but I found myself trying to fix me. If it was something that went wrong, I automatically went into fix mode and I'm fixing me. Until I came to a point where I am who I am, right? I'm not going to keep changing who I am to fit whatever situation isn't comfortable for you I do self-actualize and I am look always looking for ways to grow and be better because when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. But I'm not the person that's going to just be changing just to fit, a, you know, and make other people comfortable. Right. Yeah, I agree in that. But you can't teach. I'm just thinking back to the early part of what you were saying. You can't teach what you don't know, right? 
I was having this conversation, I think maybe with my son and my nieces the other day. And we were talking about how we even interact with each other. And if we have a disagreement, like I'm a communicator, I want to talk about it. I don't want it to fester because if it festers, it's going to turn into this whole big blowout. So I need to talk about it. But if you think back to our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents, they were taught to be quiet, right? They were taught to kind of just keep things in. Like it wasn't, it was shunned upon if you spoke up and, you know, said what you were thinking or you spoke your mind. That's why I think it's difficult for a lot of people to take direct people. You know, it's like, oh, you don't have to say it like that. Okay, well, maybe you're right, but my thought process is still the same. But you can't teach what you don't know. So it wasn't passed down to us. What was passed down is what you said was survival. We got to just make it to live to see another day. We got to make it to take care of our kids, our families. And as women, we are naturally nurturers, right? That doesn't have to be taught to us. Well, I'm going to say most women because uh, I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be taught to us. But I absolutely agree with you that I shouldn't have to compromise myself to fit into your box. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with that. But the other thing I was thinking, and I know we're talking about relationships, but I feel like relationships is not just a partnership. It's, it's a relationship you have with your kids, a relationship you have with your friends, your coworkers, that I remember growing up that I was taught that if I like spoke my mind to my mother, I was being disrespectful. Mm. And so I carried that into raising my kids, right? And let's say they hurt and they're trying to communicate that. I'm thinking you being disrespectful because you're telling me your leg hurt when I'm telling you it shouldn't, you know? And so as they got older, they actually helped me grow. Mm. And my younger son, because he spends the most time at the house because my older son is married, like I stated, but he has helped me so much with growth and communication. Mm. And I learned that your age does not define what you feel. It does not define your emotions. And if your two-year-old is crying, their emotion is just as valid as your 70-year-old grandmother. You know, she's in any type of pain. So that's some things that I have taken from just relationships or not even being in a relationship, an intimate relationship for a while, but just with and they're all relationships with my life. Now, it, it goes across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So I want to take just a few minutes for the listeners to just kind of breathe for a second and give a one statement, like impact, like what they can kind of take away from the conversation this far. We've been talking a lot about things that we may have learned, you know, coming up and how that's had an impact. Just what is one takeaway from the first part of this conversation that you would give to our listeners? So are you asking us what we would give mm -hmm. to them? Oh, yes. okay. Mm -hmm. So I would say from the first part of the conversation, like it's okay to be you. Like you don't have to fit the mold that society or cliches or our parents or whoever came before us has given for us to fit, right? So if you're experiencing something and you're not okay with it, don't be okay with it. Speak up, you know? Even like in talking about, I completely agree about as when we were children, we were taught to be seen, not heard. No, your voice starts when you are a child. Utilize your voice. And as you are an adult, it then will be normal for you. So be you, be vocal, and be okay with standing on what you believe. Oh, that's a good one. 
I would say that change is constant and that growth is never ending. You always have to be prepared for change. Just because you do something the same way every day doesn't mean it's not a better way to do it. And with growth, you're never too old to learn. You're never too old to grow and be better, a better person tomorrow than you are today. And so that would be my takeaway from that first part of the conversation. And mine would be kind of combining the two is to check in with yourself. And don't try to think of all of them, but maybe think of one major thing that you have been taught or that's ingrained in you that really doesn't serve you well, right? Mm -hmm. Think about the impact that it's having and be okay with coming out of agreement with that. Whatever that means, you know, for you, whether it is taking the advice of April and Patty or whether it is, you know, getting with a counselor or therapist to kind of work through that. But check in with yourself and figure out what things you might be holding on to that no longer serves you if it's not getting the results that you want or it's not helping you to achieve the things that you want to achieve in life. So thank you all for that. And we can segment right into the next part. Patty had made a great statement saying that, well, we're talking about relationships, right? And we kind of started with more intimate relationships like significant other. Relationships like span the spectrum, coworkers, children. And she brought up a really good point about her youngest son showing her and kind of reframing how she did things. I'm thinking of, here's one of these other statements, is used a lot in business. And I won't say it necessarily grinds my gears, but it's one that I don't agree with. You'll hear people say, you can't take marriage advice from a single person. Or you can't take parenting advice from a person who doesn't have a kid. But here is Patty talking about her youngest son, who obviously he's not a parent, right? This isn't the one who has a child. He's not a parent, but he's helping to shape his mother's view and life about that. So let's kind of open up the conversation about how some ways that we receive and allow people to manifest change in us. How do we receive that? And what are some of the things that may have caused us to not listen to a person? I feel like if something has touched my nerve that you say, got it's some truth in it, right? Because that's saying that only a hit dog hollers. So if you say something and I'm like, ooh, oh, you know, I'm ready to Back in the day, I would just probably be ready to go slap off, right? But today, I think I've grown enough to be able to receive because it can be it's constructive criticism. You may not always look at it that way, especially if it's from somebody that you love and care about and vice versa. You have to be willing to be okay with what you see in the mirror every day. And if somebody says something that gets under your skin, then it's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for you want to revisit the conversation with the person and kind of find out where their thought processes are coming from. Because even though my son is 25, that's not to say that he hasn't had experiences that can help me, that can help you, that can help his older sibling. You know, I think you have to be okay with not always hearing the good things about you. Yeah. 
I agree. And I think one thing I always tell myself is the best room that you'll ever sit in is the one that's set for improvement. And at the end of the day, like if you're really focused on growing, you hear a lot of people say you can't take advice from a single person about marriage, but you can't. Because a lot of times a single person has been through situations that has either led them not move into a marriage or has led them closer to knowing what they want or desire in a marriage, as well as parenting. Like there are so many ways to parent. There's not a wrong way. And I, I think a lot of times as parents, before we have children, we have this preconceived notion of how our child is going to be. Then you have that child and they grow a little bit more. You're like, oh my God, what is this? Like, I have a 13-year-old and every day I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. I can't do this. I don't know about this. Like, because you really are never prepared on how to deal with the person because they're all in person. And when you really start to understand it, it's life. We're all learning every day. I can learn from a single woman. I can learn from a person who has no children because maybe she doesn't have a child, but she knows how to communicate more effectively. Maybe she knows how to identify things that I'm missing because I'm so busy as a parent and I have so many different things going for myself. So just being humble enough to learn and understand that you're learning until the day you take your last breath. Period. Nobody knows Mm -hmm. it all. Nobody has it all figured out. And the day you do have it all figured out and you know it all, you don't need to be here no more because we know nobody ever (laughs) will. So I agree that it is a cliche that goes behind goes with that. Like you can't be an expert without experience. But I mean, where does that leave us sometimes? You know, when we talk about addicts and things of that nature, yes. They have experienced it and things of that nature. But a lot of times when you go and you sit with them, will they call themselves an expert? Or will they say, these are experiences that I've had and I want to grow and develop from them. I want to move forward. And they're still working every day to do that. So I agree with you 100% Karen. Thank you for joining me for another great conversation at the kitchen table. Now I need you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing your feedback. Also, hang out with me over on Instagram at Karen Janine. I'll be back right here at the kitchen table again next week. We'll have part two of cliches and how they affect our relationships. I hope you'll join me for another conversation at the kitchen table. Bye for now.